Have you ever given much thought to the different uh, advertisements and slogans and things that companies and corporations bring to us, and they say, this is what we're about, and this is what we deliver. And they, they're claiming it. They're claiming that this is what we do. So uh, I, I was thinking about that because we're going to talk about some of the claims that Jesus made, and, and I thought of some of these uh, various companies. For instance, Avis. And so their, their, their tagline, their slogan is, we try harder. Well, I've rented cars from all over the place, and I don't think they do. That's just my opinion. But how about this one? Remember for a long time, they don't have this, not their tagline anymore, but for Verizon, what was it? Yeah, I had their service in half the time. That's what I was saying. Can you hear me now? I mean, they really weren't coming through for me. How about this one? Uh, actually, Coca-Cola is actually my favorite soft drink, and there's a simply open happiness. Well, a lot of times, yeah, but not all the time. I mean, I think they deliver some of the time. How about this one? Now, this one, Disneyland. What, what is theirs? The happiest place on the earth, right? Right. Is it always the happiest place on earth? You know, I have seen some unhappy people there. I have seen some unhappy parents and some unhappy children. So, you know, most of the time it is a happy place. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Carla. I, 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 just, totally, I just totally inflated your whole world, didn't I? <laughs> How about this one, M&M's? Melts in your mouth? What? Actually, it's melted in my hands before. Anyway, you, you guys know that, right? Okay. Uh, how about MasterCard? There are some things money can't buy, but for everything else, there is MasterCard. That is until you max the card out and you start paying all the interest rates, right? So, and then finally, this one. Now, I'm a, I'm a connoisseur of coffee, and, and I love coffee. And this is by Maxwell House. They say, good to the last drop. I don't even think the first drop of Maxwell House is good. It's awful. Anyway, those are just some of the claims that these various corporations and people uh, make about things. But for the last few weeks, we've been talking about some claims that Jesus has made about himself. In fact, we call these the great I am claims. He actually made seven of these claims. Uh, And John, the Apostle John, records them. Of course, John was one of his disciples, traveled with Jesus. And so he's right there and he's recording all of these things that Jesus is saying. And, and so, uh, so far, what we've talked about is Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And when he says the I am, it's not just in any ordinary I am. He's actually saying that I am deity, I am God, I am the Messiah. Uh, and on several occasions, people picked up rocks to try to stone him to death because they said they understood what he was saying. He was saying that I'm deity, I, I'm God. And then he said, uh, he said uh, I am the, the light of the world. We talked about that. I'll give you clarity. You don't have to like grope around in darkness anymore. Uh, uh, last week we talked about, he said, I am the gate. I am the door to salvation. And today, his great claim is, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. So um, if you have your Bibles, would you please turn to the book of John? We're going to be in chapter 10. And we're going to begin with uh, verse 11. So last week, he begins this whole uh, idea of, of shepherding. Um, it's a metaphor, obviously, analogy that he's using. Uh, and so he continues. He says in verse 11, I am, here's that I am statement, I am of the Old Testament, that in the burning bush, the I am. He says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. And the man runs away because he 
He's a hired hand, and he cares nothing for the sheep. And then he says, I am the good, the good shepherd. I, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You want to know how much I love you? He says, I lay down my life. I don't, I'm not going to run like the hired hand. And then he says something that's really interesting. And you may, if you've read this before, you may have just paused there for a moment and thought, what, is, what does he mean by this? In verse 16, he says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, and I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. So what is he talking about there? Well, who is Jesus called to? He was called to the people of Israel. He was called to the, to the Jewish nation as the Messiah. Remember, he is from the lineage of, of David. And so he comes as the Messiah to the Israelites, uh, and so that's the sheep that he's talking about. Now, who are all the other sheep that are outside that pen? Well, unless you're Jewish, it's you, and it's me, and it's Gentiles, it's people that, who are not Jewish people. And so um, he said, I have, I'm going to bring them in. And I think, you know, all these years later, he's done a pretty good job. But we've got a, you know, a couple of billion people plus who claim Jesus to be their, their Lord and Savior. Um, verse 17 says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Now, we go back to the Jews who are really struggling with these statements. Remember, every time he says the I am statement, it just kind of sends a, a jolt through them like, oh, oh, not, not all of them. Some of them really are like, they believe in him, they trust him, they believe that he is who he says he is. But in verse 19, it says the Jews who heard these words were again divided. And many of them said, he's demon-possessed. He's raving mad. Why even listen to him? And so you've got the naysayers. The people are like, nah, I'm not buying it. I don't, I don't believe his claim. But then you've got the other people, verse 21, but others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. I mean, can, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And the reason that this statement is made is because if you go back just one chapter, Jesus had, Jesus had performed an amazing miracle he had opened the eyes of a man who had been born blind. And it was, such a, it was such an incredible miracle that all of the community were coming and checking it out and saying, like, we know this guy was born blind. He was a beggar. And, and how were his eyes open? And you have to read that chapter. It's a great chapter. And so there, there's, there's sort of division among them. Some people are saying, he is who he says he is. We believe his claims. We think he could back it up. And then you've got the other people who are like, nah, nah, we're, we're, not, we're not buying it. So... Question is, what did Jesus mean when he said that I am the good shepherd? Well, first of all, we talked about the fact that Jesus is, is compassionate. He knew his listeners needed a good leader, right? Last week we were talking about this a little bit, that there was a lot of uh, bad leaders. The Pharisees were not good leaders. They were actually adding more laws and burdening the people. They were not compassionate leaders at all. And Jesus comes along and, and he says, I have compassion for the, these people. The Lord is my... Go back one... Um, the Lord is, is my shepherd. Of course, David would know that. But let me just for a moment talk about the difference between compassion and empathy and sympathy. It's good to have sympathy, right? A lot of us feel that way. A lot of us have empathy. But that's, isn't that an emotion? We look at a situation, a person, uh, maybe a group of people, uh, and we say, oh, my heart goes out. And I, I really feel for those people. But compassion is different. Compassion is when we respond 
to the need. Compassion is that not only do I feel for those people, but I'm going to do something about it. That's the kind of a leader that Jesus was. And how do we know that? Because Jesus said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring about the ultimate solution. I'm going to lay down my life for the people that I love. Uh, I, I've watched them. They're struggling. They're not making it. They can't save themselves. So I'm going to do for them what they, what they can't do for themselves. David would understand the idea of a shepherd. David was a shepherd. He would understand the idea of sheep. And uh, if there's anybody that needed a good shepherd in their life, it was David. If you've ever read the, the story in the life and times of David, man, he was messy. He was messy. I mean, the Bible says of him he was a man after God's own heart. But then you read his story and you're like, whoa. I mean, this is a guy, you talk about a guy that had moral failure. We're, we're, we're talking about murder. Uh, we're talking about adultery and not limited to that, all the other things of his life. And yet all of his life, the great shepherd, God, looked after him and took care of him. He, he, he escaped the death so many different times. And so he could truly say, he actually can back up his claims. He, he, he looks after me. He's, he's like the shepherd of my life. And, and so just for a moment, I wanted to get into the sort of the shepherding, um, maybe, maybe share a few things with you about sheep that you don't. And anybody here ever raised sheep? You know much about sheep? I, I read a book years ago. It's a classic. It was called A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm by Philip Keller. It's, it's a classic. If you ever get a chance to read it, you should read it. And prior to reading this book, I really didn't know much about sheep at all. But he grew up, Philip grew up in a shepherding family in South Africa. And so this, his whole family was involved in this. And so what he, did, he shares insights about shepherds and about sheep and what it takes to take care of sheep and then, more than that, what sheep are like. Now, you're, if you understand that, that the metaphor of sheep as, as, as people of God being sheep runs all the way through the Bible, and then you understand what sheep are like, you're going to be probably a little bit offended. Seriously. I mean, because I, I'm going to share this with you, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. So, we know that sheep are easy targets for predators. They're almost kind of defenseless in a certain way. And when, when you think about our lives... I mean, you know, on a certain level, we're strong and we're intelligent. But on another level, we're kind of defenseless. Uh, in our lives, there are predators. There are people that will hurt us. There are people that will exploit us. There are people that will take advantage of us, manipulate us. Is that not, not, not true? We know that. We know that. So we know that there's predators out there. And sometimes we become uh, victims of, of the predators. He says that sheep need constant care to stay healthy. And they're prone to disease, infections, fleas, ticks, all that kind of stuff. Now, in our life, on a metaphorical level, it's more about the diseases of life. How many of us, you know, on a mental level, mentally, emotionally, and physically, and relationally, struggle so much? And so the sheep need somebody who's going to be a very meticulous caretaker, that the shepherd will be right there, you know, examining them, making sure that they're healthy, making sure that they don't have disease. And I would say, when I look at my own life and I look at us we, we, we have infections. We have diseases of all different kinds, and we need somebody who's going to take care of us. And then, and then he said, sheep, and you guys all know this, sheep like to follow other sheep. They do. When I was growing up, and probably a lot of you can relate to this, I remember my mom, when I was in my teenage years, said, why are you always doing what they're doing? If, you know, if, if they jumped off a bridge, would you jump off that bridge? Oh, maybe, I don't know. You know? But we do that. We just follow other people. Sometimes we just do it mindlessly. We're just following them, and that's what we do. But see, on the other hand, 
We also like to wonder. Sheep like to wonder. And, and, and that's why, if you've ever seen a shepherd, even today in, in the Middle East, they'll have one of those long, uh, they call them a hook. And so, you know, the sheep begins to wander off. And, and the reason it's so dangerous for a sheep to wander off is they don't have a very good sense of where they are and direction. And they'll just wander off and sometimes right over a cliff. They're just not paying attention. Like, they're a little bit dumb. And, and so when they're wandering out, do, do people wonder? Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wandered away from God? This is what we're talking about right here. Yeah, we, we have a tendency to do that. Uh, they're always looking for greener pastures. Oh, man. Is that not us? Is that not us? Oh, I love my wife. Woo, she is hot, man. Oh, my husband is so cool. Look at him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Green, always looking for the greener path. I love my home, but I just want a bigger one. I love my life, but I want a bigger life. Always looking for greener. If you ever watch sheep, you know, there'll be this beautiful pasture that they're in, and they'll be sticking their nose under a barbed wire fence for lesser pastures. Is that not the story of us? Sheep, now this is our story. Sheep bite, and they will attack weaker sheep. And, and, and take advantage of them. Does this sound a little like humanity? She, when you, here's, this is kind of interesting. If sheep fall down, if they fall in the wrong position, they can't get back up. They can't, did you know that? They, they can't get back. and with, They'll actually die in that position. And a shepherd has to come along, and he has to get them you know, upright. Uh, otherwise, they'll just lie there, and, and they'll suffocate over a period of time. There are times that People fall into a pit. Look, I've been, I've been a pastor almost all my life, and I've seen people fall into a pit. And if it wasn't for some caretakers and some people that, that would, sort of the under-shepherds would come along, they would have died in that pit. They would have just emotionally died uh, just, just by themselves, isolated by themselves. It, it, it is our story. Sheep are not exactly the Einsteins of the animal kingdom, are they? I mean, I, I, I just think, God, it's kind of insulting. Why didn't you say that I am the great dolphin trainer and you are my dolphins? Because I think dolphins, they're very intelligent and they're beautiful and they can dance on their tail and they can do flips and they can ride waves and they make this beautiful noise. But no, you're sheep. <laughs> like, wow. But it's so true of us. So when, 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 when we, he uses this, this metaphor of the sheep, sheep need a shepherd who will be there, who will take care of them. And I don't know about you, that's what I need. I need somebody who's going to look after my life. I, I need somebody who's going to be there to do the things that, that I just can't do myself. And, and when I sort of fall and I can't get back up, I need the great shepherd to be there for me. When I begin to get lost a little bit and wander, I need the great shepherd to be there for me as, as well. Isaiah says this, he tends his flock like a shepherd and he gathers his lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those. Uh, I, I think that's just a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture of, of, of our great shepherd. And he says, I got you. I'm going to take care of you. I'll always be there. He's not just like, oh, he's the man in the sky. He's you know, God out there somewhere. He's the one who carefully, meticulously looks after our, our soul. See, his relationship with us really is re reflective of the relationship that he has with, with his dad. Remember, Jesus uses that language a lot, especially in the book of John. He talks about how he has this amazing relationship with his dad, with his father. 
And he says, and that's a relationship that I want to have with you. In other words, what, in other words, what he's doing is he's inviting us into the family. Uh, have you ever had family envy before? Like, especially if you come from a family and it's kind of like, you know, it's not the easiest family to grow up in. And you look at a different family. I, I grew up that way. Um, love mom and dad. They're both passed away. Um, they did the best they could do, but it was not an easy family to grow up in. And so I remember uh, my, my good friend Sammy had the family that I was envious of. And I got to be a part of their family. They actually considered me their son. I spent more time with them than I did with my own family. It's because there was just something beautiful and loving and caring uh, and that made me feel secure in that family that I didn't feel in my own family. And this is what Jesus is saying. He says, I'm inviting you into a relationship and into a family, and it's a good family. You'll be secure, and you'll, you'll be well, well taken care of. In fact, he says it this way in verses 14 and 15. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. That's that family thing. And just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. What this means is that the ultimate love that Jesus has for us as a, as a caretaker, it really, it's about sacrifice. It's, 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 about, it's about laying his, his life down for us. He says that no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. He says this several, several times. As a matter of fact, if you read through, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over and over, it's recorded that Jesus says, I'm going to die. I'm going to lay my life down. I'm going to do it. And he says it in his own way. He says, I'm going to do it on my own terms. I'm going to do it in my own time. I want to read something to you. Well, I'm going to read it in a minute. How many of you have watched documentaries? It's usually around Easter. They have all these documentaries on TV about Jesus, right? They go, well, it's Easter time, so people will be watching these kind of things. And they record the life of Jesus, and they make him sound like, and I, I know that the people who to do these, these productions, to me it's like you must not be a Christ follower. I mean, you must not even know Jesus to produce this and, and, and record this the way that you did, man. Because they make him sound like some poor little peasant who, 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 who uh, basically tried to start a revolution and failed horribly. And at the very end of his life, against his own will, he was dragged to the cross and crucified, and that was just kind of that. And I'm watching this, and I'm going, wow. Evidently, you have not read the Bible. Evidently, you haven't taken the first-hand account of the people that were actually there and saw this and recorded his words. And so I'll take you to one account. It's found in um, chapter 18 of John. I'm going to begin with uh, verse 2. And this is um, right as he's getting ready to go to the cross. It says, Now Judas, who betrayed him, knew the place because Jesus had uh, often met with his disciples. This is the, is the garden. And so Judas came to the garden and got into a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and the Pharisees, and they were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Now, these guys are prepared. They're like, we finally got him, you know, because Judas did the dirty deed, and he betrayed him with 30 pieces of silver. And so Jesus, now listen to this. Jesus, knowing that all, was, that all this was going to happen to him, went out, and he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth, of Nazareth they replied. And then Jesus says, I am he, Jesus said, and Judas the traitor was standing there with him. And when Jesus, Jesus said, I am he, they drew back and they fell to the ground. And again they asked him, who is it you, he asked him, who is it you want? Well, Jesus of Nazareth, they said. And then Jesus, you know, goes on and, and he basically 
He says, I told you that I'm he. If you're looking for me, then let these men go. Now, does that sound like a guy who's running for his life, who's running scared, running away and going, oh, no, they've got me finally. It sounds to me like he's more composed than they are. It sounds to me like he's calling the shots. Like, because if, again, how many times did they try to kill him? And every time that they tried to kill him, they picked up stones. You know, it says, it says Jesus walked right through him. It's almost like Jesus went, no, it's not going to happen right now. Put the stupid stones down. Not going to happen. In this moment, he goes, it's going to happen. And he calls it, and they fall back. They're like, Jesus, no. So next time you watch one of those stupid documentaries, <laughs> read your Bible and get the real account of how it actually happened. He says, nobody takes my life. I'm going to purposely lay my life down. That's why everything that Jesus did for us was born out of sacrifice. That's what the good shepherd does. He, he literally lays his life down for the people. Most of you know this scripture, John 3:16. for God so loved the world that what? He gave. He gave. That's what he does. That's what the great shepherd does. He gives his life. Uh, in in uh, John 59, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. I'm here to care for you. I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. And he's, he's not going to abandon us at the first sign of danger. That's what the hired hand will do, right? I got to tell you, this, this week on Wednesday morning, I sat down in a house in Morgan Hill, my late parents' home, and we're trying to get that home prepared to sell. And it's, it's been a nightmare. And, I, and, I, and it was just, have you ever had a moment when you just kind of have a meltdown? When the wheels are just coming off? This was, this was that moment. So it's Wednesday morning, and I'm, my wife is sitting next to me. And I looked at her, and I said, I just feel like crying. I, I just, I mean, everything has gone wrong. Not only concerning the house, but on a lot of other levels, relational, family, financial, you name it. There's a, it's like the perfect storm and I'm sitting there, and I'm just thinking, wow. And I'm thinking about this message that I'm going to be speaking to you. And in that moment, after I got, I got angry, and I got frustrated, and I got a little desperate, and then I looked up and I said, God, are you really the great shepherd that you say you are? Can you back up your claim, take care of my life? It was a real moment. And the next few minutes, I just, I just prayed. And, and, and I knew, I knew in that moment that he was the great shepherd, that he was going to take care of us, and he will take care of us, and every, everything's going to be okay. For the rest of the day, and up till this time right now, I've had a lot of peace in my heart. But it was just, it was just in that, that one moment, I asked the same question that I know a lot of you ask, and you may have walked in here this morning, and you're saying, yeah, that, that is my question. Can he take care of the crisis in my life? Can he take care of my marriage that's falling apart? Can he take care of a, that one kid I have and we don't know what to do with that kid? Can he deliver? Can he back up with the claim? He says, I'm the bread of life. He says, I'm the gate. He says, I'm the light of the world. I, I, I hear it. But can he deliver? I heard, uh, I heard a preacher say a while back, what would it be like, and it really helped me when I thought about this, what would it be like if you are facing a crisis, kind of like I felt like we were facing, and instead of freaking out like we do, like I did, or having a meltdown, what if we said, you know, 
I know that I'm going to eventually get through this crisis. I don't know God's timing, but I know that he'll get me through it. What if I treated this crisis the same way I'm going to treat it when I'm on the other side of it? The other side. Because what what's it like on the other side? Oh, man, so glad that's over, right? Feel good, relieved, feel calm, feel excited, celebrating, right? What if I took the same attitude and I just treated it that way and I thought, that's genius. Because, see, I know God's going to get us through this. And I know God will get you through whatever you're going through. And my prayer for you is that if you walked in here this morning and you're stressed out and you're frustrated and you just feel like, I just don't know what to do. I have no answers. I feel stuck. That you'll think that the great shepherd is going to get you through it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen because he loves you, cares about you. And why not spare yourself all the misery and stress and worry and grief and everything and just treat it like it already happened? Help me. Maybe, maybe it'll help you. He's not going to run off. That's not what the good shepherd does when he sees the first sign of danger. Verse 12 says, The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. How come he does that? It says, because he, he doesn't own them. He's, he, he's, he's just a hired hand when, some, when, when, when something happens. Let me ask you a question. We started with claims this morning, like all the different claims that everybody's making, like we can back this up. Who's your go-to if it's not God? What is, what is it you ultimately trust in? Is it money? Money can do a lot, but it can't do everything. Is it a person? If it's a person, you're trusting in another sheep, just like yourself. Is it, I don't know, your career, your intelligence? What is it? Because whatever it is, unless it's God, at some point, the bottom's going to fall out. Jesus made some claims, some claims that he can back up. He said, I am the great shepherd. And I'm not like others. Is it like the culture? The culture is going to lead you astray most of the time. He says, I am. You can trust me. You can trust my, your life with, with him. So what are the things that I fear will drive me away from God or away from Jesus or Jesus away from me? You ever thought that? Maybe, maybe you're just going through something right now. And I, I know what this is like. I know there's times in our life when we think, if, if God knew how I really felt or maybe some of the questions that I have or the anger I'm experiencing, it would drive him away from me. You're wrong. You're just wrong. Because he'll never abandon you. I don't care. I mean, if he didn't abandon David, and David behaved badly, if he didn't abandon many of the people that, that I know in my life and me in my worst times, my worst behavior, he's not going to abandon you. Say, well, Steve, you don't know what I did. It doesn't matter what you did. God knows what you did, and he loves you anyway. He, he, actually, he actually made a promise. He says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish no one, now catch this last one, no one could snatch them out of my hand. See, if, if, if you feel like there's division between you and Jesus and he's abandoned you, the only one who's left is you, not Jesus. He says, I'm going to stick it out with you. I'll be there with you. Don't, don't shame yourself into, well, he's gone. He's not. He's with you. He's the great shepherd. 
He will shepherd you in your life through whatever it is that you're going through right now. And then finally, Jesus sacrificed for me, models. So, so Jesus comes, he models this. He says, I'm the great shepherd. He models being the great shepherd. And then we look at his life. And if you are a Jesus follower, you say, that inspires me. And I want to I lay my life down. I want to be a servant like him. In, 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 in uh, John chapter 13, beautiful story. Jesus with his disciples. This is right before he goes to the cross. And, and many of you know the story. He washes the stinking, dirty feet of his disciples. And then he makes this statement. He says, I've set an example that you should do as I've done for you. Now, in that moment, what you need to understand, it wasn't just about foot washing. It wasn't just like, okay, I did this thing for you. I'm your leader. I wash your, your stinking, dirty feet. And uh, so you, you guys get the idea now? Go out you know, and, and be a good servant. It wasn't about that. I want you to consider what was going on in that moment. Because he was washing the feet of one person who was his betrayer, Judas, he was washing the feet of Peter, who would deny him three times. He was washing the feet of all of the others who, in just a matter of hours, were going to abandon him and run for the hills. Real nice group, huh? And there would have to be a lot of forgiving that would go on. And Jesus, as he washed their feet, probably with tears, he was thinking, I know what you're going to do, but I'm going to serve you anyway. I'm going to love you anyway even knowing what you're going to do. A lot of times when we serve, and, I, and, and a lot of you in this room are great servants, but sometimes we're sort of selective about how we serve and who we serve. We, we know I, I like to serve my friends because they're my friends. And, and I like to serve people that I like because I like them. But I don't necessarily enjoy serving people that I don't like. See, I, I try to love everybody, but I'll be honest, I don't like everybody. And, and Jesus is washing the feet of some of these guys who are not very likable in the moment. That's what it means to serve. It doesn't mean that we, we pick categories of people and go, yeah, I'll serve them. I'm not going to serve them. To live a, a life of servanthood after Jesus means we just serve and we don't ask questions. You say, I'm just, no matter who you are, no matter what tribe you're from, what language you speak, any of those things, I'm just going to serve. Because that's what Jesus did, and, and, and I'm going to serve you. Like I said, a lot of you are great servants, and I appreciate that so deeply. But if you're struggling with serving, what is it that would keep you, prevent you from being a servant? And when I say servant, on a practical level, I mean, we, we need a lot of help here at this church, but there's also the people that are in your life, people that maybe need your time, need your attention, need your care, need you to be an under-shepherd to them. What would prevent us from doing that? Well, I got my life to live. I mean, I've got to have some fun. That's, that's true. But there is that sacrificial part of our life that we're called to say, I'm, I'm going to serve you, and it's going to cost me something. But I'm going to serve because Jesus served me, and it cost him everything. He laid down his life for the sheep. So let me ask you this question. Who is Jesus calling you to serve in this Easter season? I mean, it should be all year. But I'm just thinking, especially in this year, we think of sacrifice, this time of the year where we think of sacrifice. Who is he calling you to serve? Could it be that he's calling you to serve somebody by simply just inviting them to come to church Easter weekend? Uh, Jesus put it this way. He says, suppose one of you has 100 sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until what? Until he finds it? 
Anybody know any lost sheep out there? People lost their way, need your help. And, and maybe it begins by serving them. Not, and, and it would be great just, just to put the invitation in their hand. That, that's a great way to do it. But also maybe just do something kind. Let them know that you actually care about their life. I know there's a lot of people that are a part of this community of faith that are struggling, probably not even here this morning. And they could use your prayers. They could use your help. They could use your support. Maybe they're lonely. Maybe they're feeling isolated. Maybe they haven't even come here for a long time. And we can serve them. Who would that be for you? Just close your eyes just for a minute. Now, I want you to say, Jesus, show me, show me right now who I should serve in the next few weeks. Maybe it's a person who doesn't know God. Maybe it's a person who does know God, but they're in deep distress. Who would that be? What, what comes to your mind? Because I have a feeling that he's showing you somebody. And then the question is, will you do it? Not just have sympathy or empathy, but have compassion like Jesus does and actually do something. Father, in this moment, we come to you and we thank you that you are the great caretaker of our life, the great shepherd, as you claim. We thank you, Lord, that you can, you can back it up because you've got the credentials. You called it. You said, nobody takes my life away from me. I come on mission to lay it down. And you did. And the greatest thing that you did is you resurrected and, and Lord, today, all of us, we need your love. We need your, your caretaking of our life, of our eternity, our soul, our emotions, God, of our finances, of all the different areas of our life. We need you to be the great shepherd of our life. And I pray this morning that there's somebody who has wandered away from the flock, so to speak, that come back this morning. If there's somebody who, who maybe asked that question, can you really, really take care of me, God? You'll reveal yourself to them and show them, show them that you can. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus.